Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Most believers agree that the Bible is the word of God agree that God wins, you know, who Christ is, all the tenets of faith, but how God's behaving right now is what people argue on. Now, I think he's good all the time. Amen. I think the best way to understand who God is, is to look at Jesus. There's not a facet of God that is not expressed in Jesus. Some people will say, well, what about the justice and the wrathful and the angry side of God? Well, you see that in Jesus as well on the cross, right? But see, what they're saying is, I didn't see Jesus running around and judging and condemning people, but we see God doing that. Well, then how do you see Jesus dealing with it? You see him dealing with it on the cross. He dealt with the wrath and the anger of God towards sin on the cross. It's there too. Everything we believe about God must be rooted in who Jesus is because he is God in the flesh. Amen? He showed us who God is. He is the exact representation of the invisible God. That is Jesus. Amen? And we have to go back to that, and it's important, especially when dealing with things in life like keep happening. Like I said, life happens. It's, a, it's kind of a joke, but it's true. Life happens to all of us. It's better when it happens to other people. But when it happens to you, that's when you get rocked. And I'm telling you, people keep getting rocked. It's not been the best year. I don't have some, I have some bad news today. And some of you know, some of you don't know, but, uh, you know, Donna and Michael Owens, you know, Michael Owens, who is just like so encouraging, so generous, just the big teddy bear. I can see him walking down the hall right now, had a massive heart attack yesterday and, and passed. And so, you know, it's like we start off 2019 with Cheryl, my mom in October, and, and uh, Michael. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's earth-shattering, and it rocks you to your core. And most people logically say, why? Why? What happened? Where are you, God? What should it, you know? But, man, I'm telling you, when you understand who God really is, you have those questions. It's okay to have those questions. It's okay to, to sort through all of that stuff, but you have to do it with a spiritual, eternal, finished work perspective. You have to understand these types of things through the idea, the truth, the reality that God gave us this planet. What we are seeing is the effect of sin. Now, I'm not saying he sinned, therefore God killed him. That's not the point. I'm just saying sin introduced death into this earth. And it happens, and, it's, and it will continue to happen to all of us until the Lord return and reset this place back to what He really wants. And what He really wants, and I say it all the time, is seen in Eden, in the life of Christ, and in heaven. That's what God wants. And if you look at life circumstances and you question, well, what's He doing? You, got, you, you have to just throw that out of your mind. And it's not... It's not that you can't question or 
sort through that stuff. You just have to do it on the other side of eternity, on the other side of the cross, looking back through God's will, who He really is, and make those decisions and make those determinations. This one, I'm mad. I think with Cheryl, I was in shock. Mom, sad. I'm mad. And Ron, you know, uh, and, and others of us have lost people. And, and it's just, it's, but you know what? That's, so, so you're going to get my heart here again for a little while. I do have a word that I feel like God gave me. But it's like, you know, that, that more than anything is why the church needs each other. Amen? And this is not a plea to anything other than, man, I'm telling you, get to know these people that you are doing church with. Get to know these people because it was a beautiful thing. You know, all, all of us that have lost people, the church has been so supportive and there as much as we can be. And that's what we need because, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at death. I'm mad at the situation. I'm mad at the enemy. I'm mad at sin. I'm not trying to attribute this to the devil made this happen because this is what the effect. You know, in fact, so just give me a minute. I, I, I understand God's anger towards sin. You know, like I've, I can understand God being upset toward the world, not so much at humans. Yes, there is wickedness and evil amongst the ranks, but God is angry at what sin has done to the human race. God is angry at the death and the separation and all of the fruits that sin, poverty and anxiety and fear and worry, which tail spins us off into destructive behaviors, self-harm and substance abuse and putting your body out there in ways that you don't are proud of. All of that is the result of the, the, the sin that has come into the earth. And, and God says, I have made a way to alleviate that. I have set you free from the law of sin and death. I am not relating to you based on your behavior. And furthermore, he puts his spirit within us to lead us into life if we will choose that, if we will yield to him and let his spirit within us influence us and lead us by grace, working his righteousness and holiness within us so that it comes out into our lives. That is possible. Death happens though, and, 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 it, and it's gonna continue to happen. So where we are as believers, standing on the gospel, standing on the finished work with this perspective and it's not just a theological methodology. It's God is good. God wants life. Even at the physical world, you look at the physical realm, God gave you an immune system. God put enough oxygen in the air to continue to nourish and feed and bring us to life and health. He put minerals in the sun's rays to our body that gives us life and health. The food that he gave us. He made this earth to be a pleasurable experience. That's the will of God. That is what God wants. That is the th those are the kinds of things that he's seeking to bring about in our lives. And it, I get upset at the, the Christian world that looks at these situations and interprets a song lyric like we just read, even when I don't see him, even when I don't see it, he's working. And that translates to people's minds and the church perpetuates it 
because we don't have that spiritual perspective. Even when I don't see it, he's working turns into even when I don't understand what he's doing, he's working, right? Like we look at things like this and we go, God, I don't understand. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Like Job, Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what? He repented later. He said, I didn't know. I was wrong. All the way back at the end when God shows up and says, what? Who is this that's talking nonsense? You don't know what you're talking about. And Job returns. Job repents and changes. And he says, oh, I'd heard about you, but now I know you. Read it. Go read it. Read it from the beginning to the end. When you read chapter 1 and you 2 and you come up with your doctrine and your theology, also read 38, 39, and 40 where God corrects it. So in this, you know, I, I was just praying and, and, and I felt like, because, you know, we want answers, right? We all want answers. And answers help sometimes. Answers sometimes make us feel better, gives us detail, gives us some information to go on, gives us something to think about. But I just, I just felt like God impressed me. You don't need answers. You need resolve. And resolve is to make a firm determination. And we make our firm determination on who God is, not what has happened to us or to the people that loved us. I'm telling you, we have, and our determination is firmly rooted in what God has done toward us. That's, that's the only legal set of data to make decisions about who God is, is how he's treating us. And you see that the clearest in Christ. Amen? Now, the world needs a group of people that are bold and firm in who God really is. There's plenty of Christians out there that have the, the mindset of, well, you know, he's just making everything work out for our good. Well, that's out of context for one thing. He's working, for trying to work for everybody. But in context, working everything out for good is for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In other words, are responding to him. The way things work out for you is if you are in a reciprocal, loving relationship with the Father and you are going to continue to pursue him and pursue your call. And even if a circumstance doesn't work out, you have hope, you have peace, you have the things that the love of God produces within you, and you transcend and rise above what this world throws at us. Because I can see Mike... And, I, you know, I, I, I've spent so many hours standing right there and at the house, and he did this incredibly generous act of gathering a few people together to, to give us yard lighting because he just wanted us to have a pleasurable experience in our yard. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I can see him, and, and you know, he lights up. When he, and I can see the shape of his mouth talking about Jesus and the revelation that he gets. And he's told me over and over and over and over and over about how he's sitting here and he's listening and God's telling him and God's using what I'm saying to help him follow him. And I'm like, and it's astounding to me. I mean, I've been doing this for a while. I enjoy doing it. We have some good fruit and confirmation that our ministry is pretty effective, but you still stand in front of somebody and you hear them say, 
what you are saying, God is piggybacking on and teaching me this. And it's like, wow, really? And, and so I'm, I'm forever grateful of the encouragement that has deposited within me. That because And so my point is I can see him doing that and how excited he gets. I can just see he probably went nuts crossing over. And Donna was saying that loud. Donna was like, she's like, oh gosh, when I get there, I'm going to have to, he's going to drag me by the hand and show me all the, Donna, you got to see this. Donna, you got to see that, you know. And, uh, and she's, she's strong. You know, they, I don't know if you know, they have nine children, 14 grandchildren. Most of the kids had made it to the hospital last night. Uh, can I just be real? You know, and I, and I was talking to Chris about this this morning. You know, you go and because we are people that believe in miracles, right? I mean, we just are. And we can't back down from that. And when miracles don't happen, I think it's us, not God. When Jesus went into a town where they knew him and he couldn't do miracles, it was because of their unbelief. So you weren't of those word of faith people. You got to have faith to get healed. That's not what I'm saying. Because the issue is their faith wasn't in who he is. The issue is not your faith can't get healing to happen. The issue is, do you believe who he is? That's what faith is. A resolve in who God is. And so if there's not a connection to experiencing an aspect of his character or a promise, it's not because you didn't have enough faith. And it's not because God isn't that. It's the disconnect of... You know, this world has put so much upon us, it's hard to believe that stuff sometimes. It's hard to interact with him and encounter that. So driving to the hospital, you know, Sarah and I are like, we pray. Father, we speak life into his body. Jesus said, do these things. He said, that which you've seen me do, you do. Did he not? Now put yourself in this situation. We better do what God says to do in that moment, right? Right? And we better only do what God says do in that moment. And we have to trust that God knows what he's doing, but we also have to trust we may not necessarily be hearing. I, I may, in that moment, I might have been one of the ones that Jesus put out of the room so he could pray. You know, I don't doubt that he can do it, right? That's where our faith should be. He is the healer. He, what if Jesus came walking through those doors, walked into that room, what would happen? No doubt. You have no doubt in him. But we interject ourselves in the situation. Well, maybe, 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 maybe. I forget maybe. Forget maybe. I've been through some stuff. I don't know if I was there. And I don't know if that's what God wanted in the moment. But we don't back down on who he is. We stand firm on who he is. We stand firm and God is love. God is peace. He is the healer. He is the redeemer. He is our provider. Amen? He is the one we go to. Not even necessarily for answers, but to remind ourselves, oh, yes, this world looks like this. This is not what you want. I don't, I don't think for one second... Not for one second, and I don't care how many 
degrees someone has behind their name and the validity of the structure of their theological system that they have developed to validate what they say. I don't think for one second God wants our planet to look like it does right now and the human condition to look like it does right now. He gave us this place and we broke it and he's going to fix it. He fixed it in us, in Christ, if Christ is in you. And we have that blessed hope of eternity. And so now we struggle with, we have the hope of eternity. He said, he prayed, your, earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's our struggle. May we not judge each other as we struggle. May we not look at each other as wrong or right or more spiritual or less spiritual as we struggle. May we help each other as we struggle all across the body of Christ because we're going to struggle. You know, it, it, it happens to us all. And, 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 and if it hasn't, hap- it, it being something that just rocks you to your core hasn't happened to you, I pray it doesn't. But if it does, remember. And, and take that empathy and that compassion and that weight with you into the world because other people need, this is what people need. People need people that have been through something and stayed confident in God to stand in front of them and say, listen, I've, I know what you're feeling. I've been through it. God is good. I understand your questions. I understand your difficulty. I understand the confusion, but God is good. God is good. Look at the end, the ultimate expression of what he wants for us and go backward, right? The ultimate expression, no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, no more disease. That's a very real thing. That's not just a, you know, Christian placation to say, well, to try to make you feel better right now. Oh, in the sweet by and by, it'll all work out. No, it's a real thing. It's more real than this place. Amen? Resolve. It's fine to seek answers, but have resolve. And, and, and only you can work that out with the Holy Spirit. You're, you can't lean on your spouse for that resolve. They can encourage you. They can help you. They can point to Jesus. Church can't be that, you know. I'm sick of the church trying to be the Holy Spirit for people. You know, trying to cut off all the dangerous edges of risky faith to say, let's just stay here. If you just stay here, well, don't go there. Don't go there. You know, that's not the church's job. The church's job is not to create a safe little environment to control people into holiness. That's not the church's job. The church's job is to point people to Jesus and encourage them. Follow Jesus relentlessly. Go all in, no matter what, no matter what people think of you. But if the guy next to you isn't there, don't judge him along the way. Encourage him, pray for him, lift him up. Amen? Because it's, it's rampant, you know, fear, anxiety. So many people are dealing with substance abuse. I talk to couples all the time and one or the other spouse is struggling with substance abuse, struggling with fear, struggling with something. It's like, man... You know, let's, let's pray, let's, let's, let's bind, let's pull together. How can we encourage? How can we? And I understand things happen, 
And sometimes things come to an end. I, I, I get that. You know, I'm not trying to, not saying what I'm not saying. But God is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. And God is our resolve. God is the rock upon which we stand. And, and, and it, it can't just be Sunday morning church. It can't just be, I believe in the Bible. Where is that? Where did I put that again? You know what I mean? It's like, man, this is my life. This is my life. I am pursuing Jesus with everything that I have. And, and not to do a job for Him and not fulfill a call or even see a particular outcome. You know, not even to see a particular outcome, but just to pursue Him, just to have Him, just to wake up every day and your joy is to interact with Him, to be aware of Him, to acknowledge Him, to be thankful for what He is inside of you, what He's done for you, how He's relating to you. That is what drives all of the other stuff. It just is. It's what drives the personal transformation. It's what drives stepping into your calling. It's what drives the compassion. But on, only, only you can dig in and grab it and hold on to it and follow it through. We get to help each other. We get to encourage each other. But it's up to us. And you think, well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm at church all the time. I read the Bible all the time. Yeah, but you might still be full of fear. You might still be full of anxiety. You might be tired and ready to give up. You might be praying. I'm ready to go home, Lord. I don't see a way out. Got all this pressure. Got all this stress. Not healthy. Don't feel good. Freaking out. My family's fighting. I think I'm just ready to go, Lord. And I don't want us to end up in a place like that. I don't want, I don't want to go home as a result of the world's condition, my life's condition. I want to go home because I'm ready to go home. I want it to come to an end when I feel like the Lord says, you've finished your race, now let's go. You know, to die in faith, you got to live by faith. Because we think, well, we shouldn't be dying early. Well, no, we shouldn't. But if you're going to die in faith, if you're going to go and you're going to decide, I'm done, and you're going to lay your head down, you're going to go to sleep, you got to have to live that way as well. If you're going to die in faith, you have to live in faith. That's something that God spoke to me. Because you, you, you hear this, it's like, well, Mo, he told Moses, you know, uh, 120 years will be your days, and we all know how that happened. He crawled, went up to a mountain, strong, clear vision, laid down, died. And then we say, and it's almost like, it's like we beat each other up with that promise, right? But it's like, we'll cut each other some slack here. None of us are living. I mean, do you know anybody that's done that? You know, it's like, this is what we do. We hold the promises of God that we don't experience, and then we judge each other for not experiencing them. But we're not experiencing them either. Now, but that also should serve to help us encourage one another. Don't give up. Don't give up. And when I'm low, don't let me give up. Amen? Just be nice about it. Kindness, mercy, love. That's why I'm telling you, man, if you've been through something, don't sit within it. Live out of it, you know? Not, not, not that it defines who you are, but look at it and say, okay, I understand. I get 
I get what you're talking about. I get what I get it. I feel you. I know you're hurting. Let's let's bond together. Let's unite together. Let's pray in this situation. Let's talk about Jesus. What does this look like? This is what happened. I know who God is. This is where I'm going from here. This is my resolve. I stand on the goodness of who God is as revealed in Christ. Amen. And I feel like he gave me this passage. This is in Matthew 6, starting in 25 through the end of the chapter. And this is just God's heart toward us. It just really is, you know. We look at all the different things. It's like, well, you can't ignore the justice side. You can't ignore the judgment side. You can't ignore the wrath side. It's like, okay, yes, I get that. Those are all responses of God toward what we've done to the earth. But who he is, his heart toward us, how he desires to relate to us, it's this right here. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. You know, I dare say worry is as destructive as meth and porn addictions. Worry can be worse because it's socially acceptable and it's subtle and you can hide it, but it's a killer. It just absolutely is. If you're worried, Whatever it's wor- whatever is worrying you, you better deal with it. If you have anxiety in an area, deal with it. I realize genetic propensities, all that kind of stuff, I understand. I'm not putting that aside, not ignoring that nuance, but deal with it. And you deal with it by your resolve in who Christ is. This is who he is for me. There is an aspect of the character of God that I can assimilate that turns into fruit for me that nourishes me. And worry and fear and anxiety is one of the biggest areas that we need to learn how to do that with, interact with the life-giving Spirit of God. Don't worry about your life as to what you'll eat and what you drink. Don't worry about your children's lives. Now, you know, there's lots of instruction. There's lots of wisdom. Obviously, we need to live those types of lives. We need to apply all of that to God. This doesn't mean live recklessly and then just so I ain't going to worry about it. God's going to work it all out. Well, that's not very wise. As to what will, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, not for your body, as to what you will put on is not life. Now, see, we think he's talking about food, shelter, clothing, and people come up with cute little doctrines and say, well, God promised that he would provide the basics for you. But everything else, all that healing and, you know, prosperity stuff for you to be a blessing. He goes from the basics to life. So is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow. Now, so he's, he's going to create an illustration here. So, you know, God, he's pretty good at creating parables, right? He, and and he, I, I, you almost wonder, it's like, did he create so much diversity? Is there so much creativity in the earth as points to continually remind us of who God is? Right? I mean, you look at the birds and all, the, everything that's out there. And then he says, uh, you know, people that deny God, they don't have an excuse because all of creation testifies that there is a God. That's what I think he's doing. He's like, Really, honestly, we should wake up and, you know, people that have hardened their heart look at the world and they're like, well, I don't see any evidence for God. And what they're looking at is the result of sin and saying that. 
rather than the creation itself and looking at it and saying, man, this, wow, what a miracle. Are you kidding me? This stuff that's in the air I breathe and that's what my body needs to live? That just happened? What? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Stay on that one for just a minute. Are you not worth much more than they? He touches on the heart of the issue. He touches on the, the, the lack of self-esteem and self-worth that we have as people. And he attaches God's desire to provide for us for His value for us. It's not an obligation. It's not just a promise. God loves us, has value for us, and wants, He's a good Father. You know? Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God clothed, clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And the faith statement is about this is who God is. If you are not affirm in who He is, oh, you have little faith. Not, you don't have enough faith to get these things. That's not the point that He's making. Faith is not your tool to get stuff from God. Faith is how persuaded you are of who He is. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Earlier in this chapter, he said, God, he knows what you need before you ever even ask. But seek first his kingdom. Where is his kingdom? Where is heaven? The kingdom of heaven is... Okay. Seeking his kingdom, if it's in you, that means you go inward. Christianity is an inside-out sport. Not out here, let me get it right, and then I'll feel good in here. You get it right in here, you'll live it right out here. And the getting it right of it is realizing your worth. And He's in you and all His resources. The kingdom first, seek the kingdom first and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has trouble of its own. Look at life. Respond to circumstances in terms of it's temporary. This is what God really wants is what he, what, what he will give us in our eternal life. And in the meantime, follow Him, connect with Him inwardly because that is where He lives within you. And that must be our resolve. Amen? I know it gets hard. I know stuff happens. I know people around you that you love keep making really bad decisions and it's difficult and you want them to change. You want God to just show up and change them. And then you get mad at God because He's not doing it. It doesn't work that way. They have to find their own resolve. Amen? God's trying. You kidding me? You don't think He's trying? He is. He's moving continually, seeking, knocking on those doors of those hearts. Pray for that person. Love that person. Don't be a doormat. I'm not, you know, but... 
got to be our resolve. Amen? Amen. I pray for the Owens family. I, I pray that, that this, you know, that, that, that just comfort. I mean, I know what it's like. I know what they're going through. I, you know, many of us do. I pray that they have peace. I pray that they keep their eyes on Jesus. I pray that they resolve in who God is, is in who God is and his character. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. We trust you. We do. We make that decision. We invite you into our minds and in our hearts to speak to us and correct our thinking, to shift our heart, to, to help us stay in faith towards you, to not draw back, to deal with our emotions in such a way that we rein them in and we line them up with what you say is true. None of that is easy. None of that is easy, Father, but we want to live a life that is glorifying of you. We want to live a life that pursues your miracles and your promises and your power that you say is available. We don't want to back down from that. It's kind of sometimes we're in a position of I believe, but help my unbelief. Father, we just want to be real and honest in front of each other, in front of the world, and in front of you. We trust you and we love you. We thank you that you first loved us and we will not draw back. Amen. Thank you for taking Amen. the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this hard journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.